Welcome back to the Mountains and the Sea. This is Christy. And I'm Josh. And today, 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 we have another ancillary episode for Exodus. It's our third in a series of podcasts about Exodus, the and, album in particular. Uh-huh, and this is like our 800th episode in the 1994, 95 era. Somewhere around that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. give or take 20. Yeah, something like that. Yes. It's been a fun ride. This <laughs> is been. definitely going deep into Princeton being episode three about a side project album full of unreleased material and alternate versions that we're going to talk about today. But it's fun stuff. Yeah. Prince was a busy guy. There are some highlights here for sure. Oh, absolutely. So today we're going to talk about the Good Life Maxi single, Uh a slave to the system and acknowledge me mashup, Uh two versions of Mad. Oh, yeah. NPG's version of Love Thy Will Be Done. Okay. Funky. Yes. Proud Mary. Yes. And two versions of Funky Design. That sounds right to me. Check, yeah. check, check. Check, check, check. Okay, yes. good. All systems go. Okay. Well, before we go, yeah, go I ahead. have some shout outs. All right. All right. So John Wheeler, a Facebook friend of ours, told us that polyvinyl acetate is not only glue, but is used in the processing of records. Which makes a lot of sense. So thanks for the confirmation. Yes. And uh, I couldn't quite figure out. I did try to do a little research to try to understand it a little better. And there's polyvinyl chloride, which is actually what records are made of. And then there's acetates, which are like the masters. Yes. I can't quite figure out how polyvinyl acetate is part of that, but they're all part Ah. of it. It's evidently part of it. So thank you very much for that. I was told there would be no math and no chemistry on this (laughs) podcast, which is why I agreed to do it. There may be some math there. (laughs) Hopefully that is the extent of our chemistry. Okay, cool. Except for, you know, you and me, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I'd like to thank the lovely darling Nisi when she was listening to our episode on Exodus. She let us know that Prince's mother had a master's degree in social work. Yeah, I did not know that. Yeah, that's which great. actually makes a whole lot of sense with his own interests, philanthropic and otherwise, being social justice issues. Maybe it was passed straight down to him from Maddie. Yeah, mm-hmm. excellent. She also let us know that <laughs> Tidal is streaming the uncensored version of Segway number one. <laughs> which Without the dropout? With the... With Missing the one single F word right. amongst many, which I still don't understand, but whatever. Oh, so if you are an ultra completist and must have the spoken segue without the censorship in it, then you can head over to title. Yeah, there right. you go. And it didn't even occur to me to look this up, but I'd like to thank our Prince writer extraordinaire friend who writes Prince off the record and wrote 50 essential bootlegs. Yes. From Hamish Witta. Right. And he told us that La Dolce Vita means the sweet life or the good life in Italian. That's right. I had forgotten he pointed that out to us and we missed the translation, uh, which those are lyrics in the song, The Good Life. Yes. That's the movie. And it's the name of the movie that he supposedly went and washed and they left all the funny smelling cigarettes to the American boys. Yes. So yeah, that was a translation that a line that we completely missed. I don't even know why it didn't occur to me to go look it up, but I appreciate... So Hamish could point it out to us. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So we could shout him out on the pod. Right. His book is uh, highly recommended from start to finish. Yes. 
Let's talk about the Good Life Maxi single. Okay. Second single from Exodus, released in the U.S. on June 13th, 1995, in the U.K. on August 7th of 1995. Mm-hmm. And it was reissued later in the U.K. on June 23rd, 1997, and actually did better on the charts when it was reissued than it did the first time around. Yeah. Why it was reissued, I have no idea. It was, seems like it was a smart thing to do since it did better. I guess. Yeah. So the first song we're not going to talk about. Already talked about it. We already talked about it. Yes, the album version the of album The Good version. Life. And we're not going to talk about the last two songs on the maxi single. Well, the American version of the maxi single. The we're American about version, yes. yes. Because we've already talked about those as well in our last episode. They right. are a couple of remixes of Get Wild. I imagine those are there because the Get Wild maxi single was not released in the u.s so they took a couple of them threw them on the end of this maxi single to get some exposure yeah yeah sounds right yes all right let's talk about the artwork the packaging the artwork is awesome i loved the illustration work as part of exodus it's some of my favorite stuff i mean just the rawness of it and it looks very urban and graffiti-ish almost looks like prince did it himself although he did not yeah um, I, I always like the uh, artwork from Exodus and uh, this maxi single in particular, I think are very cool. Yes. Fit, fitting for the music. It's a very hand-drawn mm-hmm. and almost cartoonish, but in a really like neat, put-together way. It's got buildings on the front that are... In the shape of letters. Yes, yeah. NPG, mm-hmm. and, you know, cars and people, and it's yeah. kind of interesting and fun. On it's the inside, we have a picture of... The band, mm-hmm. including Maite. Maite in the middle. In the no middle. Less. Well, yes. she's the prettiest. Yes. They're all pretty, but well, she's, but she's the prettiest. She's the only female in the group, which I think we've touched on a number of times, saying that's the one thing that's lacking was some female presence like Rosie Gaines or another female in the band. Somebody to tell those boys to cut it out. Yeah, Maite may not have been in a position <laughs> to do that in no. 1994, 1995. But the person missing from this photo... Prince. He's not missing. He's not missing? There's his face. There's his hand. Oh, wow. He's, it's a black and white photo. You almost can't the, even see it. He's to the right of Maite, thought, kind of at his face is at chest oh, level. You can see his uh-huh. face shrouded in and the it, Torah Torah mask and right. the symbol on his glove. And it kind of matches her outfit, too. So it's hard to see in the black and white photo. So, well, okay. I'm glad so I could point that out. Missing. Yes, I made my contribution to this episode. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> no. Stay right there. All right. The then, disc itself yeah. for 1995. Again, the CD artwork I think is pretty cool the, with a white underlay and then just some black artwork on the top. But it's got one of the cars from the front of the album. Yep. Front with, of the maxi single artwork. Yeah. And the license plate says Torah. No, I did not notice that. <laughs> I can barely read that. Yeah. Well, it's small. So That's uh, Torah Torah driving the car with Sunny T in the back. Oh, I thought it was Tora Tora in the back. How are you going to drive with that mask on? How are All you right. going to see with that mask on? All right. And I was curious about some of the people who are credited yeah, on the back are, of this. There's, there's a quite a lot of, of them for, yes. you know, six songs. So what I mainly looked at was the artists who worked on this because the artwork is so nice. Mm-hmm. So there were three people credited Okay. Michael Van Huffel. Yep. Debbie McQuan. Okay. And Steve Park. Uh-huh. Steve Park we're very familiar with. Yes. He did lots of oh, album yeah. art and photography. Stage for design Prince. begrudgingly, according to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
even contributed his Jeep's horn to some of the music that <laughs> Prince made during this period. We'll that, get there. That's cool. Then uh, Debbie McQuan, she worked with Prince for about 20 years doing illustrations and artwork and fashion design for him. Pretty neat. And then Michael Van Huffel, he was an art director for a period in the 90s, and he went on to work in Hollywood in art as an art and creative director for films and TV and a number of different projects. Yeah, and I knew that part, but I did not know his personal story, which you uncovered. Yeah, the, all of his art direction in Hollywood came to an end because he was diagnosed with MECFS, a poorly understood neuroimmune condition, mm-hmm. and it causes chronic and debilitating fatigue. He had to sell his home in Palm Beach, all of his Prince stuff. He was given many things mm-hmm. by Prince himself, and he had a very large collection. In order to pay for his medical bills, he had to sell all of it and wasn't able to work. So he moved to Northern California, where he could be a part of a study that was looking at his disorder. Right. And... He was basically stuck in his home, in his apartment. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really like sad and awful. And a friend or a family member, I'm not exactly sure, someone with a friends and family plan gave him an iPhone. Mm-hmm. And he started taking pictures inside of his apartment. And Oh, you said it was macro type stuff. I thought yeah. of things that were super close up that yes. looked like something it looked else. like something else. Yeah. yeah, like this one looks like outer space and this one looks like it's under the sea and this one looks like... You know, all different kinds of things. And it's pretty, it's very pretty and Mm -hmm. interesting. And, and I guess, uh, he's doing a little better. He's gotten married. Good for him. A little bit of a happy ending to that story, but it's amazing how many, I mean, it just shows you, this is a small sampling of all of humanity. How many people in the Prince circle had these weird medical conditions or battle with drugs, living on the street or relapses. And, um, yeah, Prince would reach out and help. Some of these folks, it's just, that's such a common thing for a medical condition like that. We experienced it ourselves with something going on with one of my eyes about Mm -hmm. 10 years ago that was an autoimmune neurological thing that no one could really figure out. And thankfully after a while it went away on its own. Yeah. But it definitely strikes fear in you thinking, I'm going to have to give up. I can't work because I can't look through my eye, can't raise my eyelid or yeah. something like that is terrifying. Yeah, it's real. I mean, it's such a small thing to worry about it. And well, and it took them a couple of years to even diagnose what he had. Yeah, I'm sure I mean, that's frustrating. Yeah. Very frustrating. Yes. We hope that you're doing much better. Michael. And now I'm going to talk about one more thing and then we're going to talk about the music. Okay. Because I know you don't care about videos that much. I took one uh, for the team. Yeah, you you went and said, I'll look at this one, Josh. It's not uh-huh. that I don't like videos. I, in general, they're low budget and corny, and I'd much rather watch a live concert or something as canned and corny as most videos tend to be. <laughs> totally fair. All right, so um, the floor this is yours. One, I'm glad I didn't make you watch it then because it's kind of canned and kind of <laughs> corny. It's a, partially a performance video and partially some fairly stilted acting mm-hmm. out some of the lyrics. Oh, you mean there's a thinly veiled storyline to go along with it? Mm, sort of. Okay. So Sunny T goes to the movies. 
You know, he's yeah. supposed to be like a teenager when he goes to the movies and like the yeah. foreign films are supposed to be what Yeah, excited him. him, right? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, here he is as however old he is in the mid-90s. Yeah, probably late 40s. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how old he is. Yeah. Going to the movies and leaving his buddies outside and they're showing La Dolce Vita. Okay. Prince is front and center on the stage. But he's not really seen on camera very much. Um, and he has a large scarf over his face, a big hat, and a long wig, and is fooling precisely no one. Okay. That he's Prince. Sonny T plays a bass guitar in a store, but he's so good that people are standing around and watching him and cheering, and the proprietor kicks him out. Okay. I don't know, man. And then the band watches their own video on television a very dated looking television okay yeah Yeah. tube yes tube tv yes all right boy i wish i had watched this with you i am sure i can tell you're heartbroken that's why it's not called the mountains and the sea a review of videos by prince over the years which could be a partially good show and would be full of a bunch of difficult to watch things also (laughs) Yeah, well, that's why we cover it on ancillary right. episodes. We, we spread it out. Because like, there are some really good videos. There There's are. some really fun videos. Yes, there Like are. Dolphin. No doubt. <laughs> I'm just going to talk about every time I think of a good Prince video, I'm going to uh, talk think, about Dolphin. I think every time we talk about a bad Prince video, you break up Dolphin. Because right, but he does some that are great. <laughs> Remember that one where they pretended to play piano on a mattress? <laughs> That it was, was a chase lounge. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's start talking about this music. All right. All right. The Good Life, the Bullets Go Bang remix. Yes. So. Um, <laughs> Serenading me a little. <laughs> a little bit. So I looked up where did the sample of Bullets Go Bang uh-huh. came from. And we keep coming back to all these unreleased songs from 99. This was a track called Three Shots that included input by Prince that has never been released. So that little sample you hear of someone saying, Bullets go bang, right when the music starts, comes Mm -hmm. from that. Yeah, it's Poet 99. And I will tell you my first revelation of this episode of The Mountains and the Sea is right here. I've had, well, I don't know, revelation might be a slightly overstatement. (laughs) I noticed something. How about that? Okay. (laughs) The first thing I noticed, which I had never connected before, listening to this maxi single many times since, whatever, 30 years ago. This remix uses the exact same beat. As right back here in my arms from Emancipation. Identical. Yes, from the very beginning, you go back and listen to the very beginning of Right Back Here in My Arms on Emancipation, which came out about a year after this. The drum beat is completely the same. Wow. Well, that's pretty cool. So I started somehow that piqued my interest again because I was like, this is sort of a 
laid back remix, I guess you could say. Okay. We have been talking about this style of having a looming synth sound that goes throughout a remix that's kind of this urban street kind of feel, and this has that. And it doesn't go in a whole bunch of different directions. There aren't new lyrics or newly recorded parts by Prince that are super noticeable that make it ultra exciting. But when I noticed, where have I heard? I've heard this before, not just the song before, but I've heard this beat before, and it finally connected with me where I had heard it. It made me a lot more excited about the oh, songs. So cool. This cool connection with Emancipation. Very cool. It's got these ominous church bells. Yes, you're right. Like I the bell it, tolls for thee kind of thing. Yeah, and it was a little uh, kind of disconcerting. It really sets the mood. Yeah. From the like from the beginning because we hear those church bells at like 10 seconds. Yes. Is where it starts. But you're right. It does set this I don't know. It's like a, there's a dark cloud over this remix somehow. Yes. And over I mean the song well, is kind of that way also but. And it's reiterated towards the end mm-hmm. four minutes and 45 seconds in. Yeah. There's a child crying. Yes. And it gives this more ironic, almost, meaning to the good life. It's a little sadder. Let me give you another perspective on that. Is okay. it a child crying, or is it Kim Basinger's moaning, scratching of the voice kind of effect that's at the end of the scandalous sex suite from the Batman motion picture soundtrack. It was a maxi single and it's on the scandalous sex suite. It's also on one of the remixes of Bat Dance where I think that that's where that comes from. I don't think it's a child. I could be wrong, but we can go back and listen to them both and decide what's what. Okay. But all that matters is what you hear because, I mean, this is an audio experience, obviously, and there's no explanation or credit given to any of this. So it's all about what you take away from it. Well, and I, my perception of it Mm -hmm. was that it was a child crying and sort of giving a sarcastic almost. Uh Uh-huh version of the good life okay yeah yeah that like, it yeah was, right this yeah, is the good this life, is the good life. Yeah. yeah these babies are crying and maybe they repurposed kim basinger's vocal stuff and did that with it that's also oh. possible to okay. give it that effect i wouldn't have made that connection but yeah we'll, we'll have to listen I'll, to them yeah yeah we'll take a listen to both of them and then everyone can decide what yeah. they think i cool. don't think there's a wrong answer just different perspectives yep we get those high synthesizers, like in Kirky J's Get Wild. Yes. Yes, so. like I said, this I don't know what it is about that effect, but it just is a typical mid-90s remix thing to do, is to put a high-pitched keyboard line on top of a song sure. in a remix. Yeah, okay. That's a thing. Then we have... The Good Life, the Big City remix. The Big City remix. I remember getting this maxi single, and I sort of was wondering, should I spend my $12 on this? I did not have any money when this thing came out, but went to the store and by damned, I was going to buy it anyway. Mm -hmm. 
this is the song that makes it worth it. It's like, wow, I would have paid a lot more for this had I known what I really was getting instead of being fearful that it wouldn't have been worth what I was paying. Mm-hmm. So this is like the crown jewel of the Good Life maxi single for me. Yeah, um, I agree. It has nothing to do with the original song other than Prince rapping The Good Life. Uh-huh. You know, it's basically yeah, a completely a new different song. song yeah. A new song. This thing was placed on a couple of different albums too it was uh, part of a compilation called playtime that prince put together for versace uh-huh for was, gianni and donatella right. it was a gift to them yes um so and that's in circulation so it was a standalone song on that album and then it was also placed on an early configuration of new power soul which is the npg's album from 1998 which is really essentially a print solo album just called the new power generation yeah and even is kind of has messed with lyrics and album sequencing on the actually printed book for new power soul also the late removal of it caused confusion oh um, so we'll get to that when we get to that album. But yeah, a totally new music, a rap by Prince, and he's not disguised by Tora Tora yeah. at all. Yeah, test it goes one, two. Yes. Test it goes one, two. And it is not. <laughs> Go ahead and say it. It is not testicles. Yes. It is a not male genitalia. Every lyric site, except for maybe Genius, because I went and changed it. Oh, did you? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I will see, we'll see if it stays. Okay. Um, they all say testicles, testicles, which is, is not right. It's not right. And even on uh, Prince.org, people were fighting about it. They're like, it's testicles. It is. I'm like, it's not. That's why it's funny yeah, because it's, it sounds like testicles, yes, but it's not. Which is probably why he even did it. Yes. It's test it goes one, two. Because Be- later on he says, like checking the seconds, mic one, two. Yes, like yeah. seconds later he says, checking the mic or microphone check. Checking the mic one, two. Yes. He says it over and over. It's obviously a microphone test that's supposed to sound like male genitalia and it's supposed to be funny yes. and clever. Yes. And it's not clever you if are he right. actually says testicles. <laughs> Yes, it's a little different. We don't need a scrotum count. (laughs) Not for most people, no. 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 I think this song, just how cool and laid back he delivers this whole thing is just... No one curses as cool as Prince does either. And so I support in the last half of his career getting away from cursing and to push himself to do other stuff. That's fine. He had already... If you want to hear Prince curse, there's plenty of opportunities to do it. This song being one of them, just like when yes. he says, sick of the BS, this life be given. Uh-huh. I mean, this is one of his best rap performances. Maybe the ever. best. Maybe yeah. the best. Yeah. Yeah. He mixes in rap about um, musical freedom again. You know, that's a big theme during this time period in his life where he says, everybody's a slave until you say no. Mm-hmm. Everybody's a slave until you say no. I love the way he delivers that line, too. Yeah. It's yeah. So cool. And actually, I've got to hand it also to Maite's accompaniment with him. Background rapping, singing is nice and smooth, and her voice sounds great. It's a really good combination. Yes. Uh, I really like it a lot. I that, love the Mary Poppins reference. Spoonful of sugar <laughs> and a glass of fame. Yep. <laughs> Spoonful of sugar and a glass of fame. Well, we know Prince loved movies and yes. uh, a lot of children's movies he yeah. liked, too. The, can we talk about the sample in this? Bought a house next to Prince. Mm-hmm. Bought a house next to Prince. 
is from Ice Cube's What More Can I Do? Yes. After I listened to this again and heard, you know, the repeating bought a house next to Prince, it made me remember, oh, I've heard that sample in another song before. And it's in Graham Central Station's song Love for One Another from oh. GCS 2000, which came out in 1998. <laughs> As part of the New Power Pack. Yeah. With New Power Soul and Shaka Khan's Come to My House. Um, actually, a great song. And it uses the, that's the one that uses the drum line from Billy Jack Bitch. Uh huh. So we've got the song by Larry Graham and his band using the drum line from Billy Jack Bitch from The Gold Experience and a sample used from this remix of a song from Exodus all mashed up into one place. It's just like you sit in a chair and watch all this Prince stuff flying around you and mm-hmm. how he pieced the puzzles together is yeah. pretty, pretty it's cool. It's all derivative of one another, but yeah. not in a negative way. No, it's not like you listen to it and go, well, I've heard this before. He's done this before. It's like he no. was just experimenting with stuff that he was doing at the time and all these things came out of it and they're all how unique How can I make cool. this new? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really love the little breakdown after, and likely it's Prince on all instruments anyway, but he says, go on brothers, do shh. <laughs> and it's just this little keyboard part and it's like this cool little smooth thing in the middle of this rap song that's super cool. It's very cool. That's like at two minutes and 34 seconds. Yeah. All right. Let's talk a little bit about some of the lyrics. Okay. We just got back from Glasgow, 100,000 nightly. Still, we ain't happy. Oh, no. And, you know, people think fame is going to make him happy, and Prince is here to disillusion us. Yes. <laughs> we just got back from Glasgow. 100,000 nightly. Still, we ain't happy. Oh, no. That's you right. Just because That's you're right. famous, you won't be happy. Right. We are traveling the world and playing to... And still, we're not happy yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah, or it's not enough for us. We're not going to yeah. stop. Yeah. But Nisi B got my back now. But B got my back now until she tell me otherwise. So this is a reference to Denise Brown. Right. She was an attorney who worked for Prince, and then she went to work at Warner Brothers to run their black music department. That's, oh, I didn't know that. That was their... Yeah, that was what it was called the, at the That time. was the time, yeah. what it was called. That's not you describing it. No. No, <laughs> that was this the comes title. from yes. an article in the LA Times from 1995. Okay. So she evidently pushed for the release of The Gold Experience. No. So well, she maybe. was in his corner. Okay. She had his back. He yeah. finally had somebody in the record company pushing for what he wanted. That's very cool. Yeah. Then we have another reference to Magic Shave. We heard that in Return of the Bump Squad. Yes, some fool in a red mask. Mm-hmm. Smells like a dozen cans of wet Magic Shave. That was in the Bump Squad. Yeah. This one's 20 cans of Magic yes. Shave. Mm-hmm. So we've upped the Magic Shave. Yes. <laughs> we've, you we got to be really smooth. That's right. We found some on clearance and had to stock up because that's not going to go bad. <laughs> and then I have to mention this one only because I also have a true crime podcast called Killer Fun that I make with another friend of mine. And we covered the movie Looper. Mm-hmm. And... I was like, well, I got to name it. A loop don't matter if the sample don't fit. Uh-huh. A loop don't matter if the sample don't fit. A loop don't loop don't loop don't matter if the sample don't fit. 
And then I realized it was too obscure a reference for that podcast because this is literally the <laughs> only the place one. you hear a loop don't matter if the sample don't fit. Yep. Yeah. A loop, I'm like, don't, loop don't. So I picked a different title for it. But oh, good. I really, really <laughs> wanted to name it this, but nobody else would have gotten it. No, they wouldn't. Nope. And then we have a topical reference. Yeah. Or, Here come a judge yes. like Ito. Yes, Judge Ito from the yes. uh, O.J. Simpson trial. Yes, Lance Ito. Yep. Here come a judge like Ito. And just like Aretha with her sack of Fritos, we funky till the kingdom come. I love the fact that you can hear a crumpling sack of chips when he says that. It makes me laugh all the time. So he's like... Uh, what does he say? And just like Aretha with a sack of Fritos. <laughs> get that going on. That's, that's smart. That's very clever. It is clever. And just like Aretha with a sack of Fritos, we fuck you till the kingdom come. Clever. Yep, I think he sums it up in the very last line when he says, it ain't about the money or the gun. We just want to be free as the sun. Then we'll be all nice living that good life. It's a song about freedom. It ain't about the money or the gun. We just want to be free as the sun. Then we'll be all nice. Living that good life. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So uh, one last thing. Actually, two last things I want to mention on this song before we move on. At four minutes and two seconds, there's a little thing that he says and just how he says it is something only prince can do where he says checking the mic one two uh-huh. at the very end checking the mic one two it's very very cool the whole delivery of the song seems so perfect and rehearsed but it comes off as like completely improvised and yes. like well, okay we're gonna do this once and i'm gonna move on uh yeah just yeah. awesome then one other crossover reference i found oh, in this song that one. i had not realized before so there's a high pitched keyboard or synth part at the very end starting at like 4 minutes and 13 seconds when he says get wild y'all get wild y'all matches the end of the long version of the purple medley at about nine minutes and 55 seconds. And it repeats until the end of the purple medley. It all is the same little keyboard part that repeats until the end. And honestly, I never noticed it until the last time I listened to the song this morning, getting ready to wow. record this episode. So we need to compare those two. But I went, as soon as I got home from Did listening, listen? I was like, I've got to go make sure this. I'm right. I'm not crazy. And I don't think I'm crazy. But that's the kind of thing a crazy person would say. So <laughs> you could check me out on that You're one. Crazy like a fox. Yeah. Like a fox. So All anyway, right. high points for this song. Yes. Mm-hmm. Now we have the final... Mm-hmm. New song, yeah, final ish. different song. I would say B side almost. Uh, yeah, you think of it as a B side for this is on the American release. It's free the music. It was the only the track that didn't appear in some form on the Exodus album. Yes, it's just Maite mm-hmm. repeating Exodus and free the music yes. because they wanted it released in the U.S. Yes, and they have little samples of the songs that uses. Uh, 
the Good Life Big City remix music for the Correct. most part. You're right. And then samples, little bits from songs on Exodus, Get yeah. Wild, Count the Days, Cherry Cherry, Return of the Bump Squad, Big Fun, The Exodus Has Begun, and yes. of course, The Good Life. Yes. yes. You're totally right. This is like an updated version to me of the B-side to Seven, which is called To Whom It May Concern. If you remember that, it was the same kind of concept. It had like the beat from one of the seven remixes and then a bunch of little samples from the Love Symbol album that turned it into basically an ad for the album. Right. Um, And I think that was a concept that's being revisited here, essentially. Yeah. Um, So I don't have any beef with this. It's like, what, a minute and some odd seconds? Yes. It's like It's just kind of fun. Two minutes or less, Mm -hmm. something like that. Yep. Whatever. Then there are a couple mixes that were on the European version of the single release. Right. And these were a couple mixes that I did not even know existed. I thought that we had the European version of the single, of the maxi single. And then in doing research for this, found out, oh, no, 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 you do not. Um, so I had to, we had to do a little digging to find these because I did not have them. Uh, there's the Dancing Divas mix and the Platinum People mix that were on the European Maxi single right. for The Good Life. Yeah, we're just going to touch on these briefly. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to start with the Dancing Divas mix? Yeah. Name for the group that remixed it or the DJ who remixed it. I was looking for, well, why is it called the Dancing Divas mix? And it was, that's the name of the people who people remixed who it. who redid it. Yeah, essentially. I'll let you go first on this one because I have like four things to say. Oh, <laughs> Maybe. okay. Um, I, I don't have a ton to say. Okay. Um, <laughs> it, Both of these are like club they're, mixes and meant definitely seems like they're meant to be played in dance clubs and that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. The intro is really, really long. You have like 45 seconds of the same music and beat mm-hmm. and then it changes a little bit but stays that way for another 30 seconds uh-huh. before it changes again. It's, it's a really, really long intro intro yeah fantasy never hurt nobody the good life and those are all the lyrics that they've pulled out for like the first three minutes and 20 seconds yeah weirdly edited together too because that's not how it's sung in the song Mm -mm. and his and sunny t's voice seems to be sped up a little bit to me also yeah i it said it was sounds like, like a woman i thought it sounded like sunny t is a chipmunk oh i thought it sounded like sunny t in drag mm, oh yeah i mean he's got such a deep voice he does have it a deep voice. seems like like even if you made him a chipmunk he'd still have he'd <laughs> a have deep, a deep for a chipmunk voice. <laughs> that's right yeah for a chipmunk, that's, that's pretty baritone <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was like, is... there are other lyrics to the song. <laughs> right. We could add some of them in, yes. and they I mean they finally do. But yeah, it's. I mean, you've got to be pretty committed to get to that part of this. <laughs> um, so yeah, for me, it was. My notes are: it's pretty much of a repetitive mess. Um, yeah, I was like, I can see how it'd be fun at a club. Yes, that's that's but to me that's exactly what it's for. It's clearly meant for clubs where all you want is a beat to dance to with your friends and have a good time. Um, if you're just looking for a beat and some length, which this is six minutes and 40 seconds to fill some time on the dance floor, this probably did the trick. But outside of that, this is not something. I'll Seems like something much. that people on ecstasy would enjoy. That's 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 what I think of. It didn't even seem like maybe clubbish. It seemed more ravish to me. OK. Yeah. So I'll agree with like, that. Yeah. I mean, out of context, it doesn't really do much for me. Yeah. yeah. It, it sounds kind of like a. I don't know, just a DJ remix with very little, if any, input from 
the artists who yeah. did the original work. All right. And then we have the Good Life Platinum People Mix. Yeah, there was an edit and then the long version. We're just going to talk about the long version knowing that the edit is just cut down a little bit. Yep. Um, once again, Platinum People is the name of the group or the DJ that did the remix. So that's where the name came from. And according to Prince Vault, this mix got a lot of airplay in England on a particular Ooh. radio station. How they know that and what made that make the notes in Prince Vault, I'm not sure. Somebody We from read the, it there and yeah, yeah someone contributed Some, to Prince Vault and said, hey, I heard this on the radio a lot when I'm there. Again, kind of a club beat, not quite as ravey yeah. as the Dancing Divas mix. And again, reuses the lyric track and kind of just puts it underneath new... DJ yeah. club rave music. Yeah. Though it, I liked the piano here. Me too. It was really brought forward. It was, I thought it was good. Yeah. There's a little part at a minute and 30 seconds where Prince is singing the good life chorus mm-hmm. and it's got that piano part um, underneath him. breaks down in other places later on in the song with that same piano part that's new so that came from somewhere yeah i don't know where somebody played it but it they did a in, good job they did do a good job congratulations to them mm-hmm. but it was not in the anywhere in any other mix for right. the good life so that was unique to this remix so of the two european remixes i think this is far and away the better one yes mm-hmm. well it's the one that is more universal you can enjoy this outside of a club you can but you, you can also get the full else. suite of lyrics you get right. all the verses all the chorus and it's just, just not this repeating um rhythm you right know, it's more of this is another take on the song right yeah i agree all right we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back with you with slave to the system and acknowledge me mashup all right Welcome, travelers, to the Mundane and the Arcane, a 5e D&D podcast. I'm Matt, the Dungeon Master, for our new campaign. Uh, I'm Deacon Bishop, and uh, I like to party. I'm Grognag Vegan Smith, and I have no idea what I'm doing. And I'm Senko, and I cast Guiding Light. Come join our party as they explore the river town of Tristolin, fight threats like magical crabs, and rob stores such as bards and nobles. We release bi-weekly. Now, everyone, I'd like you to roll initiative. And we're back. All right, now we're going to talk about Slave to the System and Acknowledge Me. Slave to the System was recorded at the same time as much of Exodus. This mashup, or one very like it, was considered for the album at one point. Right. It was together on the second configuration of Exodus, which is circulating. And that's where we found this track, too. Yes. Listen to this mashup of tracks. Yes, um, and Acknowledge Me later appeared on Crystal Ball, but it was considered for inclusion on the Gold Experience at one point. Correct, and Slave to the System um, was re-recorded by Prince also, and we'll probably touch on it and his version when we cover Emancipation. Much different version that Prince recorded than what we heard here with the MPG version. It's almost like there was a concept for Exodus at one point for it to contain some much heavier rock kind of tracks Mm -hmm. and all of those got removed or reconsidered. Yeah. Ended up more urban R and B funk. Yeah. Like acid funk parliament funkadelic kind of album. Yes. Yep. So wow. A hard rock beat and a synth line. Yeah. It starts super loud and frantic. Yep. Yep. 
Did you like it? Um, yes. I wasn't sure. Like the first probably 10 seconds, I was like, whoo, man. <laughs> it's a workout. That's, that's something. Right. But yeah. Mm-hmm. It took me a while because I've I've listened to Prince's version of Slave to the System, which is much more of a smooth kind of R&B soul thing than what they're doing here. But after a number of listens, I did start to appreciate what they did, what the MPG did with their Slave to the System. Yeah. I mean, it's a revolt kind of song anyway. Um, so that kind of frantic beat. It made sense. It did make sense. And, it was and just a little it. jarring. Um, I couldn't find any significance to the name Lloyd Thompson. Thompson's my last name, but my daddy's name is Lloyd. Thompson is my last name, but my daddy's name is Lloyd. The father back I trace it, the more it becomes null and void. I think it was just to rhyme with void in the it next line. Be, yes, the yeah, where the lyrics are Thompson's my last name, but my daddy's name is Lloyd. The farther back I trace it, the more it becomes null and void. I think that goes back to what he sings about in what Prince sings about in family name and a history of slavery and black families having their last names Caucasianified, yeah. I guess you could say. Altered, given to them. Yes. Yeah. So I I looked to see if Lloyd Thompson was a historical figure, had some relevance in some way, and not Couldn't that I could find. Okay. If you know that... Lloyd Thompson is somebody that we should know. Please do find us on social media. You can find us on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast. You can find us on Facebook, The Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast, or you can send me an email, tmatspodcast at gmail.com. And if you have comments about Lloyd Thompson or anything else that we talk about today, do hit us up and um, like we did at the top of the show, if you give us something that we feel like needs to be addressed, we'll absolutely give you a shout out. Sure. I think that both of these names are, he's talking about last names though. My daddy's name is Lloyd. Being oh. Like a last name. Like oh. Michael Lloyd. Oh, I always thought Lloyd was a first name. Well, I think Lloyd <laughs> is certainly a first name in many modern movies. Oh, okay. Um, but I think the point is... Thompson's my last name, as in Sonny Thompson. Oh, okay. But my daddy's name is Lloyd, like meaning my uh, historical family. Oh. Came, I came from a line of Lloyds. Oh, okay. what he's saying, until someone changed it. Oh, okay. Without my permission or knowledge, which okay. is why he says the more I look back into my family's history or the farther back I trace it, the more it becomes null and void. It just does not what my, what my name is doesn't matter it has no meaning because it's, the meaning has been stripped the lineage oh, okay. has been destroyed okay so you really only get like it's a minute or so yeah. of slave to the system and before it, it transitions quickly into the npg's version of acknowledge me yes and it's a very different kind of frustration but still related Yes. Yeah, it's like give me some recognition yes. for Acknowledge Me. Yes. You mentioned that Prince's version is on Crystal Ball, the 1997 version of Christian Crystal Ball. So we'll have to save discussion of Prince's version for when we cover that album. So Sonny sings lead on this version, but Prince's background vocals are used throughout it. They're the same ones that are used on um, Prince's version from Crystal Ball. Yeah. I thought that the song has one of those cute, sweet sort of played innocence that suits Prince really well, uh-huh. where like Prince can, you know, 
raise his shoulder and blink his eyes and you uh-huh. know you you like oh so eyes with his long eyelashes yeah, and, and perfect think, eye makeup i don't think it really suits sunny t or the <laughs> mpg in this <laughs> incarnation at all you know lines like i only want to be your friend or that's all i said i ever wanted to be or I'll be here forevermore. Those are truly Prince lyrics. It's yes. not the kind of thing that I think makes sense coming from Sunny T. Okay, so it's interesting that you mentioned that because, and I didn't ask you to watch this either, the NPG performed Acknowledge Me on Soul Train in May of 1994. Right. And it was Prince lip syncing. That's okay. that's why I was like, we don't need to watch this. It's not a live performance. He's not wearing a microphone. He's uh-huh. not holding a microphone. He's not holding an instrument. Yeah. So there is no pretending that this is a live performance. Okay. At all. He's lip syncing. Yeah. And it's obvious. He does it well, but it's obvious, and they're dancing, but it's Prince. No hat, no face covered, no Tora Tora okay. persona. It's Prince, and it's Prince vocals, and he's the one doing all the lip syncing. Hmm. So it made sense to him that that would be him singing it. Right. And not Sunny T. Yeah. I mean, again, we've said this before when we do episodes like this, criticizing songs that were not released is a little silly because i mean if prince were alive he would maybe get on the podcast with us and say well josh and christy <laughs> wow. you know there's a reason that you weren't supposed to hear this because we shelved it uh-huh. so that's bad on you <laughs> and we'd say well first of all thanks for coming on the show <laughs> yeah we're honored we are honored <laughs> oh there's a rap at the end that that prince does super well which to me, it sounds like Sonny is just reading and trying to keep up because Prince does it so quickly. Yeah, I just, it doesn't really work very well. Mm-mm. All right, shall we move on? Yes, because I'm about to go mad. <laughs> I'm about to go mad. So this uh, is the MPG's version of Prince's track. Yes. Definitely a better fit for Sonny T, I think, on this one. With his, I mean, he's got kind of this gospely, churchy, funky voice. Yes. And he does come off a little crazy in many parts of this, and I'm sure some of that is an act. Um, I don't know him personally, so maybe yeah. he is a little crazy. I don't know. It works. It does work. It works a lot better. So should we start with our surprise finding of what the basis for the track Mad is? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I had no idea. I read about it on Prince Vault that much of the track borrows from a song Bebop to Hip Hop by a group called Headshock. It's so good. It is so good. So that's, it can be hard to find. We found Bebop to Hip Hop on a vinyl collection called Fat Jazzy Grooves Volume 7, Down Tempo DJ Beats, essentially, is what it is. And many of the most recognizable parts of Mad that aren't lyric or vocal Uh related or like guitar solo related are all in this little DJ collection. Yeah. 
And it's mostly, it's like a track of almost all nonsense lyrics. Yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah, it's super fun. So, if you just need something to like bebop yes. around to, this is a... Yes. Yeah. We have a playlist, a family playlist called Down Tempo that fits this perfectly. Yes. So, bebop, tempo. Yeah. No, no surprise. I dropped it into our playlist yeah, so we can good. listen to it later. No good. And it really goes places. It does go places. Um, so you can hear it at the very beginning of the MPG version where you hear a voice go, blam. <laughs> blam. I think that's what they're saying. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Wow. It's nonsense lyrics. It is nonsense, but used right at the beginning of Mad. And then at the 21 second mark, when the drums kick in and the song takes off, it could be mistaken as a direct lift. Oh, I'm talking about, by the way, the Headshock track at right. 21 seconds when the drums kick in and the, and the bebop to hip hop takes off. It could be mistaken for a remix of Mad. Yes. Instrumental mix of Mad, yeah, even, which is crazy. At 37 seconds in from bebop to hip hop, there's a voice with weird, odd sounding vocalizations that are used in Mad that you were mentioning before. And then there's a little synth horn part that's used in Mad and throughout the Big City remix of The Good Life that's at 1 minute and 24 seconds. But not only was Parts of bebop to hip hop used for the basis of Mad, but little snippets of it are used in the Good Life Big City remix. Also. Very cool. So it's like peppered throughout this era. Very cool. Yeah, but as for the song Mad itself, I think, like I was saying, it suits the NPG and the kind of "I'm a badass" attitude of Sunny T much more than the more vulnerable lyrics of "Acknowledge Me." At Agreed. Times, this is a much better fit. So let's talk about some of those lyrics. Yeah, go for it. All right. I don't want to get elected. Mm-hmm. I only want to get you hot. Hot. Yeah. I don't want to get elected. I only want to get you hot. He will do all the scandalous things to make her happy. Whatever it is that she needs, he will do it because he's not looking for a career in politics. That's right. It's, he can have skeletons in his closet. <laughs> That's, That's what right. he's saying. I've got a big... I always think of friends in Monica's closet. <laughs> where she's messy. <laughs> That's where Sonny T keeps all his salacious stuff is behind this giant door stacked to the ceiling with, you know, salacious activity. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, I agree. That's... What I got from that line, too. Mm-hmm. After you've been inspected. And after you've been inspected, I'll give you all the love I've got. Yeah. Yeah, you got to have your STI testing, yes. by the way. Prince does this a the, lot during this period yeah. of time. He's like, uh, show me your papers and that yeah. kind of stuff about uh-huh. pedigree and yeah. that kind of stuff. So, again, I think it's a little, not a little, it's totally stupid that the singer here can say i'm not looking to get elected i only want to get you hot but you've got to come Uh purebred with certifications and i can be a total sleazeball slut of a man and that's cool yeah that's fair yeah but the band does say "Ooh, yeah like burn right you're dirty girl (laughs) yes there's a repeated sample. He's always on some medication. Uh-huh. 
And it sounds like Poet 99 to me. Oh, I, I listened to all five of those oh, did songs you? to try oh, and okay. find that a sample of that. Uh-huh. And I could not. Couldn't find it. I thought it had a very like Queen Latifah kind of sound oh, to it too. But okay. I could be wrong. I didn't go looking for, for that sample. But I, I know, know exactly the one you're talking I about. I went looking, but I didn't find it. So, yeah. yes. Yeah. This is my favorite part of the song. Is that his guitar? Yeah. Turn on the dirty switch and back up. Far. Is that his guitar? Turn on the dirty switch and back up. Far. (laughs) I love it so much. That's my favorite part of Prince's version because, of course, when he sings it, he says, is that my guitar? Turn on the dirty switch and back back up up. far. Uh Uh-huh. I don't like that Sonny is positioning himself as this woman slayer. It doesn't matter what he does because he's not looking to get into politics. So skeletons in his closet aren't going to bother me. And then all of a sudden he's praising another man. Is that his guitar? Then uh-huh. turn on the dirty switch and back up far. It just sounds like they were kind of lazy about oh. the lyrics when Sonny overdubbed his parts. They mm. just made the switch but because it could have been... My guitar, Sonny T plays guitar, plays bass, so it could have been him, but for whatever reason, he says, his, not mine. Prince wants credit. Maybe so. (laughs) Maybe so. So, have another crossover reference to Mad that I had never caught before going into this episode. Okay. And it has to do with another song from this era that we've already covered. So, on both versions, we're talking about the NPG versions now, but uh, on Prince's version, it's at the same spot. At four minutes and 32 seconds, there's an instrumental part. That is straight from Rock and Roll is, is Alive and it lives in Minneapolis. Oh. And in that song, you can find it at two minutes and 35 seconds. I think Rock and Roll and Alive is Alive borrowed it from Mad because I believe it came second, but yeah. it is a direct lift of this instrumental riff. At that part of the song. Very cool. Yep. See, this is why I wanted to make a podcast with you because I don't know anybody else who makes these connections. Well, I don't either. And which makes me think, you know, when there's no meaning to doing things, only very few people do it. Are you saying that this is meaningless? It's not meaningless. I'm saying that um, it doesn't have a lot of application in the real world. On a podcast like this, it is of utmost importance. So we were smart enough to take my stupid knowledge of meaningless things and put it to good use. That's it there. Yeah. That's right. Right. That's right. All right. Let's talk a little bit about Prince's version. Okay. All right. It was eventually released as part of the MPG Music Club edition number one. Right. And we were there on our dial-up modem in 2001, waiting the two hours that it took to download the NPG audio show number one and these three or four or five MP3s that came out at the time. And we were totally cool, just hoping that the power didn't go off or Uh that the phone didn't ring. Well, or we... uh, would set it before we went to bed. Yes. If I remember correctly, yeah. we'd set it Let- to start downloading. And in the morning, sometimes it was done. Sometimes it was. Sometimes <laughs> it hadn't finished yet. And other times it had failed. Yep. And you had to try again. You had to start over. Yeah. Yeah. Prince is just cooler. Uh, yeah. I think that's how you can sum this up as well. First of all, I think his version came first. Yeah. So Sunny 2 was just 
sort of mimicking, sort of trying to do what he could, which he did not have the same vocal range that Prince did. And that's not a real knock because few people do. There were many things that Sonny T does great. But I think Prince just comes off as a little more mad in this. I think the beginning of his version is better, too. The little, yeah, with his <laughs> groans right before he says, I'm going to go mad. Yeah, even oh. the very, very beginning of the song, the MPG's version starts off with a beat. Hey! Prince starts off with this weird kind of thing. Yes. (laughs) Even at the, like the two minute and 54 seconds spot where he, he's got this maniacal. (laughs) If you ever let me knock it, it comes off as, he is kind of crazy. Yeah. He's a, he's literally a little mad. He is. He does the chorus super fast and makes it sound effortless. Yep. It's fantastic. Yes. And going back to bebop to hip hop, if you listen at the three minute and 17 second spot of Mad Prince's version. can hear a little keyboard part that kind of goes it's almost like scales and it's also used as a cornerstone part of the big city remix of the good life it's that keyboard part that we were talking about earlier and again the four minute and 32 second spot you can hear the little snippet of rock and roll is alive and it lives in minneapolis if you uh use your imagination just a tiny tiny bit yeah and this is where is that my guitar yes yeah is that my guitar yeah Turn on the dirty switch and back up. Fall. That sounds much better, right? Flip the dirty switch and back up. Far. Far. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. It's so good. It is. It's a great song. Yeah. It's really, really fun. All right. Now, the next three songs are part of a live set. Well, it or sounds like they all run together. They all run together. They They've got sound live ish. Yeah, I think they're made to sound live. Uh, well, they sound live enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Starting with Love Thy Will Be Done. Yes. Which has made many appearances on our podcast since it was uh, just recently released Prince's version on Originals. We covered yes. that and the Martika version and Prince's remix of Martika's version. And here we get kind of a rock version of Love Thy Will Be Done performed by the MPG with Sunny T on lead vocals. Mm -hmm. It sounds a little like Diamonds and Pearls. It has that kind of rock ballad sound to it. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of Sunny T's vocals, but like I said before, because he has sort of this gospelish, churchy kind of voice, it does fit okay, I think, on this song. Yeah, and... (sighs) That was in my notes was poor Sunny T. If I hadn't heard Prince sing this and yep. Martika sing this, yep. I would have thought he did a really great job. I still think he did a really great job as far as what he's capable of doing vocally. He's just, I mean, that was, he was not a, to me, he's not a band leader. Okay. That's, that's just fair. my opinion. Um, but what we do get in exchange for letting Sunny T be on lead voice 
is Prince playing guitar. After or before each verse, we get the Love Thy Will Be Done lead line that is clearly, to me, played by Prince on lead, lead guitar. So you get multiple guitar solos that are sort of a guitar singing to the song, in a sense, which I thought was really nice. A good addition. I'll, t- that. I'll tell you one other thing I'm not a fan of is <laughs> I don't want a dog. Make this a let me dog on Sunny T episode. But this isn't about Sunny T. Like at 28 seconds, there's the spoken part about, in other news, the MPG oh, World Tour kicking yeah. off later this year or early next year. Yeah. And it just comes off as completely stupid. In other news, the MPG World Tour kicking off sometime this year or early next year. Like, why is that in the song that is this? Because segways were a thing on uh, Exodus. Yeah, so that's what it was. Segway that, thing. That it's was like not, this little but that's promo kind of... ad stupid spoken part that has nothing to do with the song. And you're not even interrupting anything. Usually when you hear in other news, you've been hearing news of some kind and which we haven't been hearing. This is just out of the blue. I don't know. It's not thought through very well. It's the segway, same segway kind of thing. I really think it was just meant to like fit with the way Exodus was made. Yeah. And it wasn't released. So again, it's unfair to criticize. Someone decided, let's hold this back. And they did, which I think is fine. The Prince's own original background vocals are used throughout this song too, which is cool. Kind of cool to hear. You hear them on uh, the track from originals and you can hear them behind Sunny T. And like I said, after each verse, we get a nice guitar solo by Prince. I also thought that it was kind of too sweet and too prayerful of a song to fit on Exodus. Yeah. You know, it which, was wise to which pull it has off. some, you know, commentary about gun violence and, you know, whether it's the right way of doing it or not is up for discussion. But uh, I don't think this song would have fit very well anyway. So it was oh, you mean it didn't off. like go well with Sunny T shooting the television with his gun? Or beating up a DJ? Yeah, and laughing that it, the change fell out of somebody's pocket after they got beat up. <laughs> I beat him so bad, change fell out of his pockets. Or ladies pooping? <sighs> anyway, then we have it an unreleased me. song. Uh, then we, yeah, we basically get into cover time with the next couple songs. Mm-hmm. Yes, but not before we get this introduction by Sonny T, which I think also falls flat. Where he well, does this, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I think at the end of "Love That Will Be Done," and yeah, he's like, like, hey, did you like that? Yeah, you like that stuff we did stuff? at the end? You yeah. want to get funky? Y'all want to get funky? Yeah, and then he like, oh, God. yeah, that's not good. No, I'm I sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt good. your introduction to this song. Go okay. ahead. This song, as well as I left my wallet in El Segundo by a tribe called Quest, use a sample of a 1970 song called Funky by the Chambers yep. Brothers. Yep. I went back and listened to that because um, it's performed live by Prince and the MPG on a concert that we'll listen to during this period of time. And this is part of the reason why I picked the concert I did is because I knew we'd be talking about the song Funky Uh in this episode. Cool. So, yeah, there's... Essentially, it's Sonny changing up the lyrics to the Chambers Brothers song by, you know, saying, Maite's in the kitchen getting funky. Mm -hmm. And then... 
then Michael B on the drums, getting real funky. Michael B on the drums, getting real funky. And Tommy B on the piano, yeah. big surprise, getting real funky. Yeah. The maintain the kitchen part. I mean, I think that's full of innuendo, and I'm not sure that it's positive. Uh, so, yeah, I thought that it was. Um, I thought you might have opinions on that. I but do. Of course, so she's it, the only woman in the group. First of all, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to say what I see on your voice right now. And <laughs> what I, that, you see on my voice? What I see on your face. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to say what I see on your face, which is as a woman. I can't believe this group of men have this one woman in their group. And the first thing we hear out of their voice is that she's in the kitchen. So she's cooking. (laughs) Yes. It's woman's work. Yep. Is how it comes across a little bit that she's That's exactly what they're saying. It's not how it comes across. He literally says it. He didn't say she's in the backyard. No, but they're like insinuating that that's yes. woman's work. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. That she's a servant. She's not a high level of importance. All right. Or I tried to look for a slightly less negative spin on this. She's taking care of them. Now, maybe it's a stereotypical way yeah. of taking care of somebody. Yep. I fed them. Mm-hmm. But also, if you've read anything about... The NPG and how they felt about yep. Maite. Yes. She's stirring the pot. Yep. Maite's in the kitchen. Stirring the pot. They Which were not wild about her being there. No, that she's there breeding disagreement among them. What he, then he also says, what she's trying to show me is not from the golden rule. What she's trying to show me. insinuating that you know she wasn't treating them how she'd like to be treated right i'm like well maybe if you didn't tell her that all she was good for was making you food yeah you'd have had a better relationship even in maite's book the most beautiful she recounts with to her credit not a lot of animosity just a lot of this is how it was and that's how i look back on it now her inclusion in the group was not something that was easy no her no. So I will say the one thing that I appreciated about this song happens to be another crossover discovery. Really? Yes. I had no idea, but at a minute and 17 seconds in the song Funky, there's an instrumental part. That is almost completely identical to... Right the Wrong from Chaos and Disorder. If you look at uh, Right the Wrong, like the three minutes and 44 second part, there is kind of an upbeat part of the chorus that matches a part of Funky that they play a couple of times. But like I said, the first time is at a minute and 17 seconds. And they are, you could sing Right the Wrong over what they're doing in. That's part of Funky that is not part of the original version either, which is why I wanted to go back and I thought, well, what if that part of the Chamber Brothers song included that part? And that's where, right, but it did not. Okay. This was something that the NPG added to their cover version to make it their own. But that's a part that made me go, oh, wow, that's actually really cool. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, but I'm totally with you on the and the fact that she's first. Everyone else is on an instrument, doing their thing, being real cool, and Maite's in the kitchen, um, which I know is probably a she's somewhere else doing something, but uh-huh. it's a bad. She could she could have been like in another studio practicing the dancing that she does at every performance. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been handled much differently. Yeah. So, so from there, it yeah. rolls into Proud Mary. Yes. Um, which is a cover of the song by Creedence, Creedence Clearwater Revival from their album Bayou Country in 1969. Yes. I think we get on this one another ridiculously dumb and unnecessarily explicit intro by sunny t like mm-hmm. swearing does not bother me it does not turn me off i don't care it doesn't affect me one way or the other but the way he introduces this song is just over the top stupid like he's trying to get a crowd that's not even there uh-huh. into it and it requires this kind of this kind of intro to get them there because the music isn't doing it. Yes. This is how it comes across to me. Uh, where he introduces his friend Eric, who can really sing. What can I say? Yeah. I, I, I have one four-letter, all-caps word in my notes that end with U-C-K. Oh. But it starts with the letter Y. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> I did not like it at all. Huh. So... The one thing that I was trying to figure out about the significance of this song or cover or why they would pick Proud Mary, I remembered Prince playing a small portion of Proud Mary on acoustic guitar on his MTV special in 2004, The Art of Musicology. And he made a point of saying it was one of the first songs he ever learned how to play on guitar. Yes. And so I thought maybe that's why the significance of this song to make it into this medley of like studio live songs. I agree. If you don't mind, I'll wrap this up with just Please more Please do, because you've more covered yuck. everything I wanted to talk about. Oh, good. Uh, more yuck for me is at the very end where the same guy who said the another knows. Uh-huh. He's like, for those standing outside the stadium, the NPG has left the planet. Yes, the NPG has left the planet. Like, this cover song is so great that it's just skyrocketing. Yeah, they don't have anything left to do on yes, Earth. They had to go take it to another planet. They left it all on the stadium floor, which I disagree with. I think it comes off as just very full of themselves. They're not... It's a great band. Yeah. But great bands aren't this self-referential or... Okay, well, I think that that was a product of the time, too, in the 90s. And it's, even still through today, but it's kind of started in the 90s. Well, the R&B, hip-hop. Self-hype. Yes. The self-talking about how great they are. Yeah. That was a thing. So I think that might be less about them trying to like build themselves up and more about this is what's happening culturally. I guess. I am not a part of that culture. That's fine. I'd rather go in for a throat culture. <laughs> That's the end of that uh, kind of three-song, I don't know, mashup of Love That Will Be Done, Funky, and Proud Mary are kind mm-hmm. of in a string together yes. of unreleased material. Okay. Then we have 
the NPG's funky design was considered for an early version of Exodus. Yep. It did eventually, Prince's version got released on the NPG Music Club Edition number one. Yep, the same uh, release that we found Mad on yes. that we waited overnight to download on yes. our 56K telephone modem. Yep, and the NPG version re- remains unreleased. Yes. So their version, Sunny T, is leading it. Um, it is a kind of a hip-hop rap style song that mm-hmm. I think, again, fits Sunny T better to the same yes. degree that Mad fits his yes. vo- vocals and delivery. The one thing that's part of the MPG's version that is not part of Prince's version is there's a little chorus line sung by f- women that goes, blow your mind, blow your mind, everybody's tripping on the funky design that's not part of Prince's version which I thought was kind of interesting. Yes, I said Sonny T did a good job. He's just mm-hmm. not Prince. Yep, that is, I mean, there's no other way mm-hmm. to say it. Um, yep. Prince's background vocals are present throughout Sonny T's version. He did his own over, overdubs after Prince had done his version. So you could think of Prince's version as a vocal guide of sorts. One thing I did notice is when Sonny sings, I'm the mf now, and if you please, mm-hmm. Prince's background vocals are singing it behind him, but he does not say mf I can't quite make out what he huh. says. It's like Mother Taker or something else. Huh. So you need to go back and listen to what Prince is singing behind Sonny T's voice at that point because his Prince doesn't sing background in that part on his own version. His background vocals were added to Sonny's version and he sang something else that's not explicit hmm. behind Sonny. Okay. I'm going to link to this. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm not going to put a clip of that because we do try to avoid an explicit rating here. Okay. So, um, but I, there will be a link to yeah. that. So y'all can go and listen to that bit on your own. All right. He just say, hip you to the one-eyed bass. Yes. I hip you to the one-eyed bass. Listen to the solo please, my case. And I was like, is that, is that a genitalia reference? Mm, what reference is it? No, it's to... a reference to white bass guitar that Prince had with a yes. one eye on it. Yes. That yeah. was part of Return of the Bump Squad. Yeah. Also. Yeah. His one-eyed bass. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was a... He's got a one-eyed bass and a third-eyed girl, and you put them together, and you get a normal-eyed bass-playing girl. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yes. I always wondered, uh, I mean, wondered, I think that this is a song about Prince's love symbol being the funky design. It's a song about the artist and kind of a Prince diss song, dissing himself, especially when he sings, Funky Design is Back and It's Bad, Housequake. The Funky Design is Back and It's Bad, Housequake. Uh Oh no, I'll kill any rookie dumb enough to let that Uh N-word spill out any speaker see. Obviously, Housequake is a Prince song, and he's saying, oh, no, I'll do you in if I hear you playing that song by that guy named Prince, Uh because it's all about me now. Right. And I'm somebody different. (laughs) Okay, so I really had a hard time with the speaker C, because the way both of them say it, it's a little Uh easier to understand in the MPG version than Than it is in Prince's versions, Uh but I'm like, is it a speakeasy? 
A speakazy? A speakazy? What's a speakazy? I'm like on Urban Dictionary. Speakazy. No, No, it's nothing. It's speaker C. Right. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So that was my confession. Yeah. So he's looking to get word of mouth out about himself and the MPG. You need to need to need to find somebody that'll hip you to the funky design. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Poor Sunny T. Trip fun reverberates the room. Yeah, he just can't do it. It's just, it's so fast. Yeah. Yep. And there's a little too much repetition at the end of this one. But then we get Prince's version. Yes. And he does his Muggsy voice. You're still a rookie, saying. A rookie. Shouts out to the rookie. Shouts out to the rookie. Yeah, super nasally and uh, very teasing. Uh, um, I love Prince's Muggsy voice. He does it a ton in the mid-90s, and I love it. I love it. Yeah. Same kind of thing with when he says, and the DJ, instead of kicking a favorite tune, scratches on the record that reverberates room like a mm-hmm. train crash. And the DJ, instead of kicking a favorite tune, scratches on a record that reverberates a room like a train crash. You better save your The way he says crash, I mean, uh-huh. I can't do it, obviously. Uh-huh. Oh, uh, my but gosh. But it's cool. The reverberates the room. Yeah, just the the way that phrase sounds when Sonny T sings it compared to when Prince sings it is like, oh, this is written to be like almost absolute lyrical perfection. I yeah. mean, I hate to say that about a song like Funky Design. This is not like Purple Rain or some, you know, uh, lyrically masterpiece. poignant masterpiece. But I've got to hand it to the writing on Funky Design where you put words together like reverberates the room it's just it sounds so good. much fun it is a lot of it's fun. so much fun to know and to sing yeah. and to dance to it's a little like now you'd have this is laughed a, at me while i was making pancakes this morning if you had not been walking the dog i was walking the dog stuff. <laughs> yes out on my research walk <laughs> Yeah, I think this song is kind of a cousin to now. I knew, I mean, you've heard the song before, um, before this episode of this song, this uh, show, but I think that you'd agree that you could put this song in the same category as now and maybe even mad. Yes. And it's kind of just a group of like, like somewhat guilty pleasures, but I'm not really guilty of anything. It's just a pleasure. Yeah. It's just a pleasure. Yeah. It's, it doesn't have to be deep and meaningful to be enjoyable. And this is super, super fun. Yeah. This is the best kind of kind of like slave era kind of song, the best type of it, because yes, he's harping on the same things about freedom and money. But this is a much more fun way to do it. More fun. Yes. Totally, totally. And I'm with you. The only part of this song, Funky Design, especially Prince's version, that I can really complain about is that I feel like the instrumental ending of about a minute or more drags on just a little bit. Like it could have come to a more succinct end. I liked Prince's end better. Yeah. Yeah. But still, I mean, editing a little bit at that point could have have helped improved the song. Yeah. I, I didn't think, find that there was a ton to improve on in Prince's version, but yeah, I think Prince's version is also more stripped down. There's less noise and that simpler chorus. It doesn't yeah. have the blow your mind. And it's stuff got in the some keyboards that mm-hmm. are kind of unexpectedly pretty in the background yep. too. Yeah. Very which much so. I thought it was great. Yeah. No complaints. Me too. Yeah. All right. Or me either. It's fine. Okay. Yeah. I knew what you meant. Great. Yeah. 
So now we've come to the portion of our podcast. We have covered everything that we are going to cover and we make some selections. Here are my rules, my dumb rules, as Josh likes to say. Yep. <laughs> we choose the time capsule, something that exemplifies the time at which the items that we're covering for that episode were recorded or when they were released, if they were, mm-hmm. the choice is up to the host making the selection. The C, not that it's bad. It's just the thing that spoke to us the least. And the mountain, the thing that we liked the best. So since they're my rules, I go first. Yes, the floor is yours. All right. My time capsule uh-huh. is the Big City remix of The Good Life. Oh, really? Test goes one, two. Okay. Because I clearly remember listening to that quite a lot and finding that very charming uh-huh. in the mid-90s. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was going to be your mountain, so I'm mm. already over one, over yeah, over one. Well, you to... don't know. We can duplicate selections. You have no idea. Wow. Okay. Well, put me in my place before <laughs> I make my selection for a time capsule. <laughs> what so, is yours? Well, from the place I'm in, the time capsule is the platinum people mix. Okay. Of uh, the good life. Not the time capsule to me isn't something that I necessarily like because i'm not a super huge fan of this remix but it does sound a whole like a whole lot like a typical house club mix from the mid 90s yep and the fact that it's also a remix of one of the only two singles from this album and that it charted it's sort of easily dated as a mid 90s thing to me that kind of spoke to your time capsule category. So okay. that's where I put that one. Okay. You always typically do a more universal time capsule. And I'm just like, this sounds like the mid nineties to me because <laughs> I remember listening to it. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, that's why there are two of us doing it. <laughs> that's not just right. One. That's right. All right. The C, the thing that we like the least. I like to try and stick to released music. Okay. I and, think that's fair. Yeah. And for me, it was just, the free the music from the good life maxi single not because there's really anything wrong with it but it was just there was not much to it oh. it was just like if i never heard it again i wouldn't feel sad oh, okay so um i kind of always like these little songs where prince samples himself yeah and finds a way to make a slow song like cherry cherry fit into a mid-tempo beat i think there was some a little bit of creativity there so it wasn't something that I even considered for my C. On this okay. one, I had no choice but to go with <laughs> the unreleased music that we've kind of asterisked as it's a little unfair to complain about this or to criticize it because they put it on a shelf for a reason. Someone uh-huh. decided for whatever reason, good or bad, that it was not for public consumption yet. Right. We found a way to get a hold of it anyway. It's got to be that Proud Mary cover to me with the introduction by Sonny T. And uh, his friend Eric, who can really sing, and the unnecessary yeah. swearing, which the only part that bothers me about it, I mean, say whatever you want, swear or not, but it just comes off as stupid and planned and rehearsed. And yeah, not it wasn't authentic. organic. Yeah, it wasn't organic either. <laughs> when it wasn't titanic. Or gigantic. It was a gigantic miss. It was a huge disaster to me. So I think that they did uh, the Credence Clearwater Revival a disservice by even trying this thing out. That's Um, fair, especially when Prince did such a good job with it. Other places. An acoustic guitar. Yeah. He played it in concert 
frequently yep. in 94, 95, 2004, and 2007. He, yeah. It was part of his set for the Super Bowl halftime show, just a small snippet of it. Yep. And... I, and who knows what this will, all these unreleased MPG versions of Prince songs with Sonny T vocals, you know, Prince owned the studio. So he may have said, I have this stuff. Why don't you go give it your take and we'll see what happens yeah. and we can consider it for the album. Sonny T did it and it somehow yeah. got out, but they all decided let's not include this on and that they were all substandard to the material that's on Exodus seems much more fitting for public consumption. Yeah. Yeah. Mostly. Mm-hmm. And then the mountain. The mountain. The thing that we like the most. Well, I guess since you put the Good Life Big City remix as your time capsule, I can probably guess where your mountain is going. Prince's funky design. Yep. yep. Reverberates a room. Like a train crash. Man, is reverberates my ears you when like I have my headphones in or when I'm in the car by myself. I am reverberated by this song and I love it. Nice. I had that as my mountain. And uh, earlier, in the last day or two, I decided I don't know what I'm thinking. I can't put funky design over the good life big city remix by prince because it was such a surprise on the maxi single from an album where prince is supposedly trying to disguise himself as the artist formerly known as prince as torah torah (laughs) and you don't really know that prince is behind this but it's very thinly veiled much like his mask deception yes and then here he is on the big city remix just flat out doing this slow laid back rap that is so like it's very much like prince like he drove up spent five minutes in the studio and walked out and drove away yeah and yeah that's it that's what it sounds like yeah and he can make it sound like that yes yes which is amazing Uh, so that i agree with you the prince version of funky design i also considered the prince version of mad which i also like that's what i thought you were gonna actually choose oh yeah yeah and to be honest, those were my top three. Yes. It was difficult for me to make a choice. And I really, like, I made my selection. I was listening to it again this morning, just convinced I was going to say, nope, I need to pick one of those other two. Mm-hmm. And Couldn't nope, and nope, because I, lis- I must have listened to Prince's version of Funky Design six times this morning <laughs> and well, wasn't good. tired of it. You just came home and it was time to have. Eggs and pancakes. Oh, I'm sorry, I interrupted. No, your don't funky don't be design sorry. Breakfast. Don't be. All right. So so that rather puts a bow on Exodus for us. So yes. that's three episodes covering the Prince side project by the MPG. I hope that we've done it justice. I can't imagine how anybody else could do it more justice. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay. <laughs> I do, you know, I mean, not everybody talks about this stuff. They're like, oh, well, you know, that's Exodus. It's the MPG. It's not really Prince. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. no. This no, is very this much is, a Prince album. This is really Prince. Yep. So we're sure. going to talk about it. So next time. Next time I go swinging for the fences again. That's right. With our one second challenge. That's right. Can I pull it off again? Last year, I was 20 for 20. 20 for 20. And I was very, very concerned going into it that <laughs> I would suck. <laughs> We're, I hope that you're a little calmer about it this time. I'll and be calmer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's good fun, whether he gets them all or not. And we have some special surprises. And I didn't pick 
one of these songs. They all came from listeners, either who volunteered or whom I reached out to and asked Mm -hmm. for a suggestion. Every single one, we even have a special challenge right in the middle. Okay. So that's going to be good fun. Don't miss it. This is the episode that we share with our family and friends. Yeah. Most people that we know don't really care that much about Prince. They They probably don't even like us very much. (laughs) That's not true. But they, you know, anybody, even people who don't listen to Prince but know us personally, always enjoy the One Second Challenge episode. It's the one we like to do that we can share with family and friends and have a good time with. Yes. And so. Yeah. And it's relatively short, too. Yeah. It's a, it's a shorter episode. It's our it's our vacation episode. It right. gives me a little space to yeah, be breathe. able to go on vacation and actually enjoy it and not yeah. have to be editing and things at the beach so after this one second interruption of the next episode we'll be back on track on our 1994 1995 episode extravaganza yes and we'll be talking about Maite's album Child of the Sun fun with a bonus song thrown in also that we'll reveal when the podcast comes out oh excellent okay so we've set you up for the next two episodes that's right you know of course you can't really prepare for the next one because you don't know what the selections are because Josh doesn't know what the selections are so absolutely no idea (laughs) so we'll see you again in a couple weeks thanks so much for listening we know that you have a choice when you listen to podcasts we don't just come on the radio we so appreciate you taking time to listen to us and talk about exodus for i don't know this is like going on four hours of talking about exodus now so (laughs) we're gonna talk about something else next time right thank you so much and we'll see you soon Forge Audio. Dream it. Build it. Share it.